for episode one, we're going to take a theme that I heard on another podcast, actually, because I'm a podcast addict. I didn't really listen to them before the pandemic, but through the pandemic, I found lots of people turned a lot to Netflix, whereas I wanted to carry on doing things in my life, but I wanted company. So um, a pair of headphones on and a podcast was how I got on with things from gardening, housework, regular work, exercise, you know, I just listen to podcasts, but I found that I get a lot of information from podcasts, but in a way where I don't have to sit and watch. And same with audiobooks, I read books in bed, sometimes I read books for leisure, but I do a lot of audiobooks, you know, in the car, when I'm moving, when I'm at the gym, so that's how, that's how I do my life. Um, but what I heard on a recent podcast was this it was a business podcast but they said survival is based on diversification and that's very true for nature but it's also very true in most forms of business so in nature the more diverse an animal is the more diverse its food sources is the more diverse it can breed with other the more diversity in breeding all of that diversification leads to survival but in business this is true and I think in the past my musical training leads to the opposite of that it leads to niche and it leads to perhaps excellence in one field but that doesn't necessarily as the pandemic proved lead to survival so I'm going to talk about that today The Rosin Diaries. I'm Hannah Warmer and I'm trying out earbuds, my new earbuds to use them as microphones. As many of you know, I record this on my phone. So we'll see how that goes with sound. The reason I don't do it in the studio is it'll be too much changing around of mics and stuff. Maybe eventually I'll get a podcast area where it's just set up for podcasting. So I'll have a better mic and it'll all be set up and it'll be soundproofed. But at the moment, I'm just laying on my sofa in my living room with earbuds in and a phone. And yeah, keep it nice and cash. So today's episode is all, it's about two things. My 5am start, I'm going to explain to you and why it's very important to me and why I introduced that in springtime of 2022. And then also I'm going to explain about studio updates. So I'm starting off with updates to the music studio. Just on completion of my degree, I got the studio, but it was, it's a space, well, I built it um, with help of friends. So I'm I'm not going to claim I did this all on my own. I did the painting um, of the studio, but a friend's built a wall. It's quite a big space. They, They put walls in it for me. So there's a reception area a little room which is my little practice room and then a large space which was a large rehearsal space for small ensembles anything up to eight people um and piano rehearsals and stuff like that so that's it was made as a rehearsal space and a teaching space just out of um university um or music college and um i use the terms um simultaneously because 
here's the weird thing in the UK college what you what people in the states and possibly Canada call college maybe in Canada this is true as well I don't know but sorry um in the United Kingdom we call that university so anywhere where you get a degree a master's degree a doctorate um other stuff it's um it's called a university however the music school system so the music colleges are called conservatoires which often is referred to these days as music college and this goes back to like ancient times so um originally the only th the original degrees you could get in the uk were like oxford and cambridge and a few other universities and that's why you have king's college cambridge and queen's college and stuff like that because kings and queens and sometimes aristocrats um founded another college of that university but university wasn't for most people and the degrees you could get were science music or religion because they were like the three sort of things you needed to train further on so this was back when not a lot of training was needed to be who you are so you would literally follow basically in the career of your father so um if your father was a butcher you're going to be a butcher if daddy was a king you're gonna be a king it's that kind of thing um the training came often for aristocratic or um eventually upper middle class people so you would have the training in to go into the church often second sons third sons fourth sons the sons that weren't needed um they need to go into the church because the family can't support them all so um religion was a big one science was like a new thing and it's it was more of a hobby so it wasn't a profession but people with time on their hands aka not working class people then they were training science so a lot of science laboratories and things it was more of a hobby but a lot of the scientific research done in the 18th century maybe even the 17th century it was done um by people with leisure so they would have like microscopes and things and they'd convert like a conservatory in their manor house or a room into a science laboratory um and so that they were those degrees and then the music degree would often be um to go into the church again so the music degree was at these universities was scholarly it it um studies a lot of ancient music and the history of music so it's more like archiving music really and people get a bit confused by this because Oxford and Cambridge are the two best universities in the UK so but if people don't look into the music course they'll go there and find out there's actually no practical application of music so it is all theory based and history so it's not to do with um, too much technique or um, actual ability or you know anything you can it's more of the the history of music um and so conservatoires they had them i believe in france before here probably paris and that's why we took on that french name conservatoire but the conservatoire is the training ground of musicians so um it would be musicians court musicians wouldn't really be pub musicians or popular music musicians um, the only popular music of the time would be buskers and that kind of thing. So the music was um, 
cult musicians, often musicians of the church as well, but they wouldn't be like choristers or organists. They would be like, you know, the, the violinists and stuff like that. So anywhere that needed and everywhere, everywhere respectable, aristocratic, um, church, any kind of um, big public place needing musicians because obviously there's no piped music, there's no radio, there's no CD player, there's no Spotify. Megan's jumping around here. You okay, Megan? Yeah, she, um, if you watch my stage, it shows you, you know that oh, during the day, my daytime in the UK ones, you'll know that Megan cannot abide by me talking to my phone at all or anyone, but particularly my phone. Um, so if I do a live stream in the garden, she's there and now I'm doing a podcast and she's here. So anyway, that's that's why um, the music college thing. Nowadays, most universities offer a similar degree to a music college. The only difference is the music college degree is called a BMUS, honours degree. So it's a Bachelor of Music and there's strict guidelines on that. Whereas if you do a music degree at a normal university, it's... Um, oh, what... I've forgotten it. Is it a B Arts? Bachelor of Arts, yeah. It's a Bachelor of Arts degree and a Bachelor of Arts, so you get B Sign degree, which is a science, you get a B Mus, which is a music degree, or the B Arts, but the um the arts one or BA, that's what it's called, BA, and it's a Bachelor of Arts. And the Bachelor of Arts one, you have to really go to the university and look at the cool the courses and see what you're studying. Because a Bachelor of Arts is, means it doesn't have to be a pure degree. You could take music combined with languages or anything like that. So effect, not all Bachelor of Arts music degrees are created equally. You could go to a thriving um, university and get a, street, a, a really good musical education, such as Daniel went to Leeds. Um, and Leeds University has one of the best um, music departments. It's really good. So he's got a BA. Um, but he, if you look at what we studied, like module for module, it was basically the same thing. But you could go to other ones and you're doing more music marketing and management and you don't get a lot of actual training in music. So it depends what you want to go into. Maybe you want to do music management and that would be a better course for you. But if you want to go into performance or composition, you need to look at those universities where I find... The conservatoires, they have the, they're known as being the pinnacle of music. But I think I think you can get just as good music degree elsewhere. You just have to look into it a bit more, where you're guaranteed a, a conservatoire. But anyway, after that little offshoot, <laughs> back to um, the music studio. So I got the music studio, and that's what its principal um, design was for: practice, rehearsals, and a tiny bit of teaching. Um, but as the years went on and my career evolved, the needs of the studio changed. So as I got into composing, particularly composing for film, that big area got taken over by a lot of composing equipment. And now it's the big areas, half of it is composing equipment, half of it is the green screen equipment for Stage It, and the little room isn't used as much, because to be honest, for Stage It shows, I often do my practice and rehearsals in the green screen space, so I'm used to the space, because I find as a violinist, it's a very physical instrument, and I have to get used to the small space of the green screen, so I don't want to like use up too much space. But we've decided that there's a lot of it's not being used at its best, the studio. So the idea is I'm moving the green screen 
area into the little practice room and we're setting up in-ears and video monitors so I can see the boy outside. He'll be controlling the entire show from the computer system on the outside. So he'll basically now be the producer of the show, similar to a radio station or a TV show. And the shows will be started and done. So I won't be fiddling around with the equipment anymore. And it, my performance will be a lot more fluid. So that's the idea of it. And then on the outside, it's kind of painted. You wouldn't see this on the big room because the green screen's in front of it. But I painted a whole wall to look like Mozart's house in Salzburg. Um, I wanted to get rid of that. But the boy said, don't. It's a really nice painting and I spent so much time on it. So we're not getting rid of the painting. We're going to incorporate it instead. So one wall of it will be all um, electric equipment, composing equipment stuff. And then we're going to have a pull down um, projector screen, a projector. And it's we're decorating the rest of the room, including the wall that was Mozart's house, like a historic theatre. A bit like the one I went to that for that film premiere recently. And so we're, we're um, looking for antique cinema seats on places like eBay. You know, ones they're just getting rid of um, from old theatres. And we have historic uh, theatre seats there. And we've been collecting memorabilia from film, um, past film, historic film, but particularly to do with um, film scores. So I've got some Charlie Chaplin stuff, because Charlie Chaplin was one of the first film scorers ever. Not many people know that. They know him as a performer, writer, director, but also one of the first film scorers. And so we're decorating the whole room. And then the reception area is going to be more of like a um, meeting room. So it is still a reception area, but we can hold like meetings. So when we have directors over to the studio and stuff, they can sit around there and we can do, you know, like meetings and brainstorming and stuff. So that's the plan. And phase one of it should have been completed by now, which is the little room. However, the boy got run over. And so um, he will be doing a lot of the drilling and the, and you know, the stuff that I'm not so sure about. Um, I'm not saying women can't draw and stuff. I'm just saying I never learn and it doesn't interest me. So, you know, I don't have to be good at everything. I, I can be humble. And so I, I was leaving that to him. And he is incapacitated at the moment. So that's being pushed back. So the second, first phase was getting the little room sorted and then performing shows in there. And then the second phase, while all that's moved away, was going to be in early September to redo the big room. And I, was, I will be updating everyone on Patreon with those, like the progress. But it is being held back because of the boy's foot from being run over. Good news is though, he's got a lawyer now. Yay! <laughs> another aspect of my life that some people are curious about some people know about and some people don't at all I'm getting up at 5 a.m. every day so each year I don't do New Year's resolutions I think it's stupid it goes against nature we should all be like hibernating and struggling for survival in January not trying to kill ourselves with like trying to change our lives in some dramatic way it's the coldest month of the year it's icy cold it's the darkest month of the year i don't know what it's like in north america or europe or but here in the uk we don't get many much daylight you know it probably gets lighter about 8 a.m and it's pretty darker about 4 p.m it's not nice you have no energy levels you're lacking in vitamin d and no matter how many vitamin d tablets you pop 
you do not have energy. So, um, yeah, I think it's a bad time to go on a diet or reinvigorate my life. I don't think so. I think, you know, moving out as one with nature, if you don't see the cats running around, if you don't see birds flying, if you don't see flowers popping up from the soil, what business do you have trying to change your life? <laughs> That's just my opinions. I mean, I'm, got, I'm sure everyone else has a different opinion. So I do, I do like the idea of reflecting on your life and making positive changes. I just do it as a different month. So spring, the time of rejuvenation, the time of rebirth, that's the time for me. When things start picking up, it's a bit sunny, birds are, you know, it's a happier month. That's the time where I feel like I've got the mindset like, yeah, I want to do something. So this springtime, um, Easter, I asked myself, what do you want to do? How could you improve your life? And I think, you know, I am bad at mornings. I'm really bad at mornings. Like I set my alarm for 7am, but after winter, winter, I find it really hard to even wake up at 7am. And at that time as well, the clocks are changing, I think. They change about that time as well, so that, may, oh, oh, that makes it harder, actually, yeah. Well, either way. Um, and I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about, like, people, successful people wake up early. It was all about getting up at 4am, because basically the brain's more alert. Getting to bed earlier, but getting up at 4am, the brain's more alert. You're... Um, like doing stuff at that early time is when your brain's more susceptible to things and then also getting a load of stuff done before the rest of the world's up so by the time everyone else is waking up for breakfast you're like yeah killing it at life and it just gives you a positive attitude um and i thought yeah i'll give it a go but i don't have to be really successful just like marginally successful really i'm just you know minutely successful so it's still 4 a.m i get up at 5 a.m and I'm just going to say, I do really enjoy it. And I do it easy now. First week, I was tired by about 3 p.m. Um, not excessively tired, but, you know, like, I felt like I needed an afternoon nap. But I do it very easily now. So my, and it does, it does improve a lot. It really helps lift my spirit. So I, I'll tell you what I do and I'll tell you how it works. So at 5 a.m., my alarm goes off. And then I push my coffee machine for coffee if i accidentally fall asleep i've got a second alarm going for 5 30 a.m um but often i don't need it but that's just you know catch me on one of those two times that i go back to sleep while waiting for my coffee which i can do um then i have a cup of coffee while listening to the radio don't check any social media don't switch on don't or do like a little like waking up meditation, depends what I feel, to be honest I'm not that good, normally I listen to LBC talk radio for a bit, I have a cup of coffee, then get up straight away, and I actually find it's easier to get up straight away, I find it hard to get out of bed, I really enjoy mornings in bed with the animals, with coffee and stuff, and I find it easier to get up when, you're like, because as the time ticks by, you're like, oh I'm late now, I'm late now, but you're still not, you're still ahead of everyone, you're doing fine, then I head out to the boys greenhouse, and I do a meditation and I choose the meditation what I think I need for that day so whether I need a bit more energy and invigoration whether I need to concentrate more whether I need to uh, let's think what other stuff be have more clarity in my brain um self-love whatever I flick through med um, my fit on app and I choose the one that's best for me and I do then depending on how early I got out if I got out of bed by about five ten past five then i'll probably do a long meditation however if i'm that is half five at this point i'll probably do a short one so i do yeah 
that meditation to start things off and then I do my Duolingo German and then French and then I do like put some manifestation music on and then just really harness my thoughts to think about what I want to achieve what I'm aiming for you know like a set a thought for the day or a thought for the week week and then by that stage, I'm proper fully awake for exercise. So then on the fit on app, I do an exercise either. They, they, I like to not put too much thought into, I like to be told what to do. So fit on, I'm like, I've chosen like a program and they tell me what exercise, you can put into the program as well, like what you like to do. I like yoga, I don't mind weights, not a really big fan of cardio, la la la, how long will I exercise for? And then they like, they shuffle it up and like, tell me what to do so that's really good um and then so it'd be anything from weights occasionally they're like i know you don't like the cardio but you do need it hannah so occasionally it'll be a cardio but more often not yoga or weights do that in the greenhouse then i spend a few minutes just like perusing the plants and like seeing what's grown picking anything maybe being all like you know at one with nature go inside and then I got on with like chores in the kitchen while listening to like motive there's this like um there's quite a few things on Spotify where it's like motivational speeches and stuff uplifting speeches it's all about getting my mind in the right place because I don't need it to be a person my mind in the right place I'm generally quite positive and optimistic but sometimes there's tasks in my work responding to emails doing my accounts planning research <laughs> you know pay sitting at my computer kind of task that really I don't like and I have to be so so I get myself positive for them um the stuff that isn't so sexy about my job really so I get this you can do it yeah I was blah 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 I'm really like while washing up um doing laundry because that's in a kitchen in the UK and just having a little tidy around the kitchen and then for half six I sit down and make a to-do of the day everything I could think of off my head small or big or just wants or needs everything from a want or need to a this needs to get done to everything gets put on this list then I number the tasks of importance one to three one is extremely important two three and then I schedule my day I sit there and schedule like 10 a.m I schedule it in half an hour batches unless it's a task like practicing, composing, or doing the podcast, which takes longer than half an hour. And yeah, I schedule all out, getting the ones done first, and then getting some twos and threes. And often I put my wants after that as well. So the twos and threes, wants rather than essential needs. And if there's no ones, then we're doing a good day. Um, and I put the most important task of the day to go first to get that out of the way because normally the important task is the one I don't want to do and um then at seven o'clock it's breakfast time often at, at, in this weather and everything I make a lovely breakfast uh, green tea and everything like that and that's the start of my day and I find that absolutely amazing because 7am was when I used to get up and it would struggle to get out of bed, you know, getting out at half seven, dragging it on, dragging it on. But by 7am, I am happy, I'm focused, my body feels like energised from the exercise. I've had every bit of 
training that my mind and body needs to be successful. I know where I'm going in the day. I'm not stumbling out of bed at still like, what am I doing? I don't know. Like, I'm really focus-driven. I And you can have a luxurious breakfast. And what by luxurious? It doesn't have to be like a full fried cooked English breakfast. It could be like fruits and berries. But you, you tend to treat yourself with a lot more compassion when you feel like proud of yourself and every day I'm starting the day proud of myself I feel I've achieved something before seven I haven't achieved much really I've done like a bit of language skills a bit of laying around listening to someone tell me how to think a bit of exercise and I got myself organized it's really if you break it down it's not too much but for me it gets myself in the right frame of mind to and then the day is just it just streamlines and often by 2 p.m i've finished all my tasks like i've like planned it with too much leniency and i've got stuff done and everything and this it feels like there's so much more time in the day when i get up at 5 a.m so i know anyone listening will probably be like oh my god you're punishing yourself why would you do that blah it really i mean maybe it won't work for everyone but if you're curious i'd say give it a go but for more than a week because the first week i i was it wasn't like i'm falling asleep at the wheel tired but you know by 3 p.m i'm like i could just do an afternoon nap and i think i had one once or twice but getting past that first week and getting used to it and there's um, going to bed earlier, it really gives me a lot more... Cl- I don't always stick to it. So when I'm doing the 1am show um, on Sundays every other week, I do not get up at 5am that day. And occasionally, if I'm feeling incredibly tired or I stayed up to watch a film till about 11 or 12, then I won't do the... F- I'll set the alarm going, but I was like, not today. Normally when I go to bed, I set like an alarm for seven because I know I'm going to sleep through that alarm. So I give myself, I don't religiously stick to it. I'd say 80 to 90% of the time I'm doing a 5am start, but I don't religiously stick to it. And also I cut myself some slack. So if I wake up at five and I drift off again, if I wake up at half five and I drift off again, I set alarm for six and feel like, see how you're doing there. I'm not going to, I think these, these tasks we set ourselves they work if we treat ourselves with compassion but if we religiously stick to them against what our body's screaming out for then we're actually it's sort of self-flagellation it's sadomasochism really isn't it and finally also about the 5am start thing i'd like to dispel spell some math myths as soon as i tell people i get up at 5am and i'm doing yoga in a greenhouse full of um vegetables people think i'm super healthy like i'm one of those people that like wouldn't let a carb pass their lips and they're living on green juice and everything like that and i just like to dispel that i'm reasonably healthy i do enjoy health and fitness and the 5am start was the change i made in my life um, but I was already doing exercise and things. I eat a lot of vegetables and fruit and I grow them myself. But I also um, am not a vegetarian. I eat red meat. I eat everything. Dark <laughs> chicken, eggs, dairy, gluten. I eat all of that. I just try I just try to have less of the alcohol and meat. Red meat and... I eat doner kebab. That's the most, like, trans fat thing ever. But I, I treat those as a treat. So um, I try to get as much fruit and veg in my diet as possible. I try to cut down on the empty carbs like bread. But I do eat it. It's in my house. I just normally keep... Um, 
I keep bread in the freezer in my house unless it's really good bread from Wenzel's Bakery. So I will keep, um, you know, those par-baked rolls. I think I'm making my own bread actually in freezer now actually, but like unbaked, so the par-baked rolls I keep in the freezer and then I also keep sliced bread in the freezer. So if I want to slice a toast, I get one out because bread would go moldy in my house because I don't have enough of it to consume it all. So I keep bread in the freezer and once in a while if I want to slice a toast, I'll get one slice out. But I do... I eat bread, I drink alcohol, but I just don't drink alcohol daily. But I do, you know, like do make my own cider. I love Prosecco. So um, I oh, drink coffee. I do drink green tea, but I, the weird thing is I can't drink that on an empty stomach. So I tried doing, you know, like people like, I never have coffee. I, you know, a green tea in the morning, it's the only pick-me-up I need. I tried that. And it makes me physically sick. So green tea is um, a really good digestive. Um, in the Chinese culture, they drink green tea while eating. And so do Japan, I think, as well. Because it helps aid in digestion. So the green tea, they have it with a meal. And I find if I have green tea on an empty stomach, it like my stomach, it starts making my stomach, the digestion come alive and there's nothing in the stomach to digest. And so I start going hot and cold and you're like really nauseous, like where you've got to like really, really where your head's going funny and stuff. It's really powerful green tea for me on an empty stomach first thing in the morning. So I could not have green tea in the morning. The only thing I can have is the strongest black coffee in the world. <laughs> but green tea later on in the day, I will. I, I make my own tea from the gardens. But though I'm into health and fitness, I'm I'm a big advocate of moderation. So I my moderation was the 5 a.m. start, but doing this 5 a.m. start, I didn't do the 5 a.m. start and then only drink green juices and only have raw food and, and like, I don't know, all the other painful things that people do. So I, I, yeah, that's what I see it as a life of moderation and being kind to yourself. But if you are curious about the 5 a.m. starts, I would recommend it, but just don't, like, overhaul your entire life. That's, like, kind of crazy. Just, you know, like, pick one thing and do it. It's, like, um, for me and me, I absolutely... Meat is my favourite food. I don't know if I don't really have a sweet tooth. People say I'm very lucky by, like that, but my um, my weakness is meat. I barbecued meat. I went with my neighbours to see the Crawdad sing and then we went to Wagamama which is a, a Japanese restaurant afterwards my neighbours really like it and so I had ramen and it's really filling like a big bowl it's the biggest bowl enough and also they gave me this wooden spoon which just leaked all over me lucky I was wearing black I came out of there and there's a barbecue place next door I'm like oh my god I could eat that right now despite be being so full up I was ready to burst I could have eaten that barbecue. Barbecue is my weakness. Yeah, that, sm that smoky smell of meat. Mmm. Mmm. My neighbours were surprised. I'm like, do you not smell, like, m my garden in the summer? Have you not noticed every night there's a fire there and there's meat? That This is what I do. I mean, they may smell it less, less now because I've got a, bar a pizza maker for the... Um, barbecue so maybe you know the pizza doesn't smell quite the same as the barbecued meat but yeah I love I love the barbecue so yeah I do cut down on that I've made a conscious effort to cut down the amount of meat still getting protein and stuff still eating meat daily but not for like every meal and not as big quantities with the meal either 
but yeah definitely look into the 5am start if it's something for you because the benefits of it are that you start your day with a clearer head that all the tasks you will you start if you get up before you was gonna get up then all the tasks are gone instead of sitting there having breakfast or whatever you do in the morning thinking what do i need to do what do you need? you you start your day your actual day with this like precursor of knowing what you're going to do it's like yeah no problem i can do this i can do this and then when you have breakfast you have complete peace of mind and you can enjoy it when i sit in the garden i have wonderful conversations i can look at the plants um just look at the birds and it's a real chill out breakfast as opposed to breakfast while my mind's going in overdrive remembering what i've got to do today so i think that's a real benefit for me um also getting to bed early i mean it gives you you know that a purpose for the evening often evenings you know sometimes i play ball games or watch stage it shows or watch a film but you have no purpose to go to bed you could go to bed where you want whereas the purpose is 10 a.m 10 p.m <laughs> i have to get to bed otherwise i'm not going to do my 5 a.m start so it just creates a little bit more purpose in your life which i think is very important I'm Hannah Warmer and thank you for listening to season five of my podcast, The Rosin Diaries. I hope that you're happy wherever you listen to the podcast and make sure share it with friends, tell them all about it if this is your go-to podcast of choice.